to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Drevenstead, Editor-in-Chief at Writer Magazine. Our guest today is Guillermo Cornejo, who is co-founder and CEO of RiderShare, a peer-to-peer motorcycle rental network, which is similar to Airbnb for motorcycles. RiderShare was founded in 2018, and in the past five years, the network has grown to have more than 4,000 different motorcycles available to rent in every street legal category around the country. RiderShare has grown by more than 75% over the past two years and is now ranked number one on Google for motorcycle rental searches. We talked to Cornejo about how we started RiderShare, about the most popular motorcycles to rent on the network, and the additional income motorcycle owners earn when they rent out their motorcycles. Some have even started their own motorcycle rental businesses using the network. Cornejo is an enthusiastic, energetic guy who saw an opportunity in the motorcycle marketplace and built a company to satisfy an unmet need. Stay tuned for another great episode of the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. Hey, Guillermo, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg, thanks for having me. So you're the co-founder and CEO of RiderShare, which is a peer-to-peer motorcycle rental network. So for people that aren't familiar with what peer-to-peer rentals are, tell us a little bit about what RiderShare does. Yeah, so RiderShare is basically like Airbnb, but instead of renting out your home to a stranger, you rent out your motorcycle to a stranger. Okay. And yeah, obviously to make it trustworthy, we provide insurance, we vet the riders, we make sure that they have a motorcycle license, we we ask people that lease the motorcycles to provide us with their inspection history and and service records and and so on and so forth. So, I uh, you know, for you mentioned Airbnb, like I've certainly rented places from Airbnb many times, but I don't own an Airbnb rental property myself. So, I kind of know what being the renter is like, but so what is it you you basically the people that are part of rider shares the network. These are people that own motorcycles that maybe they own more than one. They maybe don't ride it all the time and this is a way for them to earn extra money on their motorcycle. Is that correct? Correct. Um there's, you know, there's Obviously, everyone uses a platform to make money, but uh, you know, some of them they've gone so far as to start uh, full-time businesses with thirty motorcycles, and this is what they do for a living. And they own they own all of all kinds of bikes, you know, that they they have for fun with in their free time. Then there there's other people that use riders here because, uh, you know, they can't really afford the the bike of their dream, but that that one booking a month is enough to make the, you know, the difference and. Because they're pretty, they make a lot of, they make good money, you know, like a hundred bucks a day per rental day for the owner. Wow. And yeah. And um, and then there's people that are, hey, you know, I'm going to, this motorcycle, I use it very little. It sits there and uh, I could use it to write off my taxes. And so basically, <laughs> right. <laughs> <they set up. laughs> I've learned a lot that a lot of people, I guess the, the, the wealthier crowds, they set up LLCs. Right, and then they write off all the depreciation on the motorcycle, and uh, so that that saves them saves them money that way. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Uh, you know, a little over a year ago, was, I think in the December twenty twenty one issue of Rider, one of our editors had rented a motorcycle through Rider Share. So he was based in the Los Angeles area. He rented a nearly brand new BMW R twelve fifty GS, and the guy he rented it from uh, was only about ten minutes from his house. And as it turned out, uh, this is a guy named David Stromberg, who uh, he, like you had mentioned, he started, um, he had said that he had a, in the, the story that in the magazine, he had a, an Aprilia Tuono that he was a precious bike. He didn't want to rent that out. 
but I guess he had heard about Rideshare and he actually bought a Ducati Monster to rent out on the platform. And he ended up with his rental fees paid it off within four months. And as of a year ago, when we had interviewed him, he has had a, a business, like you said, a thriving business. He had a fleet of 30 motorcycles. He had a storefront. He had a full-time mechanic to ma maintain his bikes and everything. And so he had built this really thriving business, basically uh, utilizing uh, Rideshare, just like people do with Airbnb. And I know some people rent out RVs and all kinds of stuff through different platforms. So that's great. Yeah, David had a, he belonged in, in this you know community of motorcycle riders in that area of LA. And so he had a lot of customers were waiting to, you know, in in line for from his pre-existing network, and uh, so that's why he he quickly became our our largest host in the in the United States. Wow! But he's not alone. We have quite a few people that are building fleets like David in in other cities, uh, right. not just in LA. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense, particularly in a big urban area, especially Southern California, which got a lot of motorcyclists. You can ride year round. But I imagine in places like Houston or Orlando or Miami, again, these big cities, you've got a uh, good riding weather uh, and that uh, you would have a, a lot of interested people to, to rent your motorcycles. I imagine you could rent something if you live in a small town, but you might not have as many people are nearby that would be interested in renting them. So it seems like it would work really well for some people in these big markets, for sure. Yeah, so far it's 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 working better in the bigger markets, but also in in any market that has a lot of tourism. For example, we have uh, some people in, in Tennessee and close to the Tale of the, uh, of the Dragon. Oh, right on. Yeah. He, he, so it's not a big, big market, but like people go there to ride. So so like if you if you find good riding spots, that those are usually great spots for rentals as well. It's not just about being close to big cities. Sure. Well, let's see. Tale of the Dragon. So like near nearby there would be like Knoxville, Tennessee or Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, those are places. Charlotte's definitely a, a, an airline hub. So I imagine somebody could fly into Charlotte, get a bike near there. And you're not you're not that long of a ride to get up into the Appalachians and be on the Blue Ridge Parkway or something like that. So that's a that's a cool way to do it, because, you know, we cover a lot of travel, uh, motorcycle travel in our magazine. And, you know, we have uh, travel stories all over the country. But for example, I'm in Southern California, and we often will uh, publish travel stories about the Northeast of the United States. Well, that's thousands of miles away. So it, it's, you know, a lot of people are thinking in their mind, oh, I've got to ride my own motorcycle. Well, riding, you would spend days and days just to get to across the country. And if you're really, if your destination, you only have a week to ride or something you want to ride in, in um, you know, Vermont, New Hampshire, it would make sense to fly into a place and prearrange a rental like this and then go ride for a week and then just fly home. That That's a cool idea. Yeah. Like I would say 90% of our customers are people that are traveling from a different metro area. And uh, we, we serve a lot of foreigners like Europeans, uh, sure. those Germans, they love to ride Route 66. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like feel american <laughs> right right so let's uh so rider share uh, uh you started it in about 2018 is that right so it's about five years old now so give us a little bit of background i mean how did you start something like this yeah um i started because i was learning how to ride and i crashed a motorcycle and uh had all these hospital bills uh have 17 pins in my left hand and i could not afford to to buy a replacement you know and uh, but also I when I did own a motorcycle I only rode it on the weekends when the weather was nice not too hot not too cold and when there wasn't a raging party going on that I would rather go to right <laughs> and so I only used my motorcycle like ten times a year and so I thought eh, I'm just gonna rent one you know instead of buying one whenever I 
want to. And that's when I discovered shit, like rentals are really, really expensive. And so, uh, you know, at the time I worked in, in risk management for General Motors and, uh, and I saw that, you know, I, I was working on this with this group that they were using pretty cutting edge techniques. You know, everyone talks about AI today, but uh, they were using them, you know, more than 10 years ago to predict risk. And it was really cool. And I was like, well, I could use this technology that I've learned to to manage the risk of, of people riding motorcycles uh, and the business model of Airbnb to, to cut the the fixed cost out of the equation and uh, and make it affordable, you know? And so we're halfway there. It's still not as affordable as I wish it was, right. uh, but we're getting there. And uh, and it's it's certainly more affordable and there's more variety and there are bikes that are closer to you than right. if you go to any traditional rental shop. Right, right. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if, particularly for those that own the motorcycles that are going to rent them out, you know, they're going to want some reassurance that, like you said, the renters are vetted. There's going to be some uh, some insurance. There's going to be some coverage because, I mean, accidents happen. People drop bikes. I mean, typically, I know from my own personal experience, it's often you just knock one over in a parking lot. You know, you put your foot yeah. down or something like that. But, you know, scratches and dings and damage like that, nobody wants that to happen to their motorcycle. So that's got to be factored in, of course, I, I'm sure. But um, but the idea of, of either, um, in your case, you were saying, Hey, I want to, I'm not going to ride my motorcycle that much, but how can I defray the costs of, you have to pay for insurance yourself. You, if you have to, a, a, a loan or financing or something like that, maybe you have to pay to store it or something like that to be able to, um, again, you can have the rental fees end up paying for most of that. And you end up getting a motorcycle that for your own use, more or less for free or for a, a deep discount. So that's, that's a cool idea. Um, yeah. Or so, five, right. <laughs> you, you what? Or five motorcycles, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a cool thing. I mean, I trust me. I mean, I know quite a few people that have multiple motorcycles that, you know, they've got a Harley and then they've got a, a, a dirt bike or something like that. And, and you can only ride one motorcycle at a time. Most people don't loan them out to friends that much, but um, it makes sense to be able to, to loan them out. But I would also think that, you know, what one of the challenges you mentioned that when you were when you had had this uh, accident, it was going to be expensive to buy a replacement motorcycle. I would think, uh, you know, one of the things that most people can't do is get a test ride on a motorcycle that they may be interested in. You know, maybe they, there's a demo ride at, at a rally or an event, but those are not that common. They're few and far between. Uh, the dealer events are, are not that common. So uh, if there's somebody that's interested in a particular kind of motorcycle, they might be able to find it on your network and say, hey, before I go plunk down the money on a Ducati Panigale or some expensive motorcycle, let me try it out and see if I like it. Absolutely. And people are, some people rent eight, eight different bikes before they decide which one to buy. And, uh, and many dealers do offer test rides, but, uh, you know, this usually is supervised and right it takes a couple of hours before you really start to feel that back pain. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so, uh, yeah, the rentals are a great way. Uh, we're actually trying to partner with OEMs to offer our product at dealership so people can just test ride before they buy. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know demo units are pretty rare at motorcycle dealerships. I mean, occasionally you might find them and again, maybe there'll be a demo day or something they do, but it's not a common thing. That's just the liability is way too high to have somebody that's not been vetted to go out and take a bike they haven't purchased and potentially damage it and then just walk away. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And if we could, uh, if we could get into that market, you know, it, it, by providing security and, and, and insurance, um, it wouldn't just mean that more people can test ride motorcycles before they buy, but also those OEMs would sell 
right. few, you know a few hundred more demos per year right it, it, it could make a, a meaningful difference so we're, we're working that angle uh, right now with uh with a couple of OEMs. <laughs> that makes sense i mean because they always say you know they want butts and seats and you know if there's there used to be some of the things like the ims shows where they could sit on bikes but they took and maybe they could do demos or something but again that it's just it, it really depends on where you live and what sort of events you have access to you may not get once a year new, yeah exactly yeah. exactly so i mean how how many what's the sort of scope of rider share how many people do you have running out bikes or how many bikes are on your network yeah on, on any given day we have between 3500 and 4000 motorcycles uh, actively listed for rent and you know that we've served over 50000 people that uh you know that rented our motorcycles on the on the demand side of the equation wow and wow. we operate in every state except new york they have some weird regulations there so uh <laughs> i've been able to yeah but every other state we were there and and we usually have uh the the nicest network of, of motorcycles and and like you mentioned you know if there's ever damage to the motorcycle we have to contractually we're obliged to repair the motorcycle back to the uh, you know to the original state right and and so what that means is when you rent from from riders are usually uh, the bikes they don't have dents you know they don't have scratches and uh and they were maintained by someone that also rides them whose life depends on it, right? So right. they're usually in better shape than uh, than the, the brick and mortars. And uh, yeah, and that's, you know, who would have thought, but it, it ended up being like a nicer, like a nicer way to rent some motorcycles, not just more affordable. Right. <laughs> so, so how does the, I mean, you know, again, you mentioned Airbnb. That's an example a lot of people have uh, familiarity with. You know, that's a physical location that you go to and rent it. This is not a brick and mortar rental location. So what's what's the typical handoff look like for somebody who, let's say you're a renter, you fly into some town, you fly into Las Vegas and you want to rent, a, you've rented a bike through Rideshare. What's, how does somebody typically pick up a bike? Yeah. So typically people go to someone's house and they meet okay. outside and then they do exchange to, we require you take pictures before and after the checking and, you know, check the person's license is, you know, they are who they say they are on the website, stuff like that. Right. We believe it or not, fraud is a huge problem. We have like fourteen different uh, APIs connection to check that the person trying to rent your motorcycle is not a thief. Right. And uh, um, um, but uh, about forty percent of our motorcycles are also available for delivery. So if you pay extra, they can bring it to you. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, so so somebody could maybe take an Uber or something or a taxi to somebody's house to pick it up and then do this, you know, kind of do the reverse when they drop it off, but they could maybe have it delivered to a hotel or some neutral location or something. Yeah. Yeah. If the host has a truck, they can just put in the truck and take it and nice. And and they don't even have to pay for an Uber. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. So I'm curious, uh, you know, since there's such a wide variety of motorcycles, you said uh, 3,500 to 4,500 motorcycles at any given time are available to rent. What are some of the most popular bikes on your network? Yeah, so um, Harley is still king, um, yeah. but it's not not as much as as new vehicles as a uh, inventory that's out there on the roads. So I'll say about thirty percent of our rentals are Harley, and okay. the, on the Har Harley baggers are still number one. Right, and then uh, the surprising number two is BMW. Okay, uh, people love to rent uh, Beamers, especially you know the the adventure ones, the twelve that. I think it's 1250 GS, right? right. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad yeah, used to have one of those. They're, I get it. They're awesome. 
but they're so tall, man. I'm too yeah, short. Yeah, they are. <laughs> if, you, if you can get your feet on the ground, they're a great bike. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then number three is Ducati. Okay. Um, we don't have very many Ducatis compared to our models, but it makes. But uh, but they rent. They yeah, they rent super well. Um, I it, it's uh all kinds of Ducatis do well, but yeah, but the the Monster for the longest time was our best seller. Right. I think people go to the website and they don't even know that they could, you know, oh, like I can afford to throw my leg over at Ducati. Like right. I didn't even know that was an option, right? Right. Right. And so they, yeah. Well, that was the example we talked about David Stromberg earlier. He said that, you know, he bought a Ducati monster and had it paid off within four months. And he, I guess that was the spark that lit the fire to, to start his own business to do it. And uh, <laughs> uh, I know he, I think, I don't know. I know he's got over 30 bikes. I don't know what all of them are, but I just took a quick look at his website recently and he has a lot of sport bikes. I imagine those are pretty popular in Southern California. We're known in the LA area for the Malibu roads and Angeles Crest highway and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, people want to go go to the rock store and go to some of those famous places and 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 ride fast on those roads. So yeah, yeah, I lived there for a while and it's fantastic. Not just the rides, but the views too. Like oh, right. so cool. And then uh, I, we moved to Texas in 2020, and uh, and I, I guess I got a cruiser because you know you don't really need a sport bike in this part of the, of the no, country, no, right? It's no. just... Well, but you're I mean you're what in Austin, so you're not that far from the hill country, and that's good riding, man. It's good riding, but you, you, I'm not gonna ever use like the full sixty degrees of lean angle, right? Like right, uh, right. It, it's, it, yeah. But uh, uh, a ride is be comfortable, right? But uh, it, it is, yeah, it is, it is good riding. Not, not complaining. Right, right. No, that's <laughs> but, good. But, but like the canyons, man, in in near Malibu, oof, that that the something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just north of there in Ventura, so I'm on the coast, just north of Malibu, and and that's a a, ver- a go to place for us for sure, is is for photo shoots and for rides and stuff like that. And I'm fortunate enough I can go during the week because the weekends can get a little bit busy, but uh, yeah, I'd rather go on a Tuesday when there's hardly anybody out there. So. <laughs> Yeah, because it's not just bags; it's cars too, right? Right. That, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of guys with spend a lot of money on cars and they want to show off and they don't necessarily have the skills to back it up. So uh, yeah, I I don't want to get taken out by somebody else. That's my biggest concern. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful in in that area. <laughs> right. So uh, so RiderShare has a program. It's uh, it's called the Rider Pass. Is that like a subscription? So what's that? What's that about? Yeah. Again, like my goal is to make renting a motorcycle, you know more affordable than owning one and uh part of the reason is that there's like 20 million people out there that have a motorcycle license but don't currently own a motorcycle so the subscription was kind of like hmm, it was like we were looking at you know how to uh offer lower prices to people that rent multiple times because uh when you rent just for you know one rental day it's usually more expensive on a per day basis because you know that one day has to pay for the you know, verification costs and, and the marketing costs and all that stuff but uh, if you rent for 10 days, we're super affordable. But what if you rent on 10 different days for the year, right? So so, so with the subscription, we're able to basically, by, by making that monthly payment, or uh, you're basically committing that you're going to rent all year round. So we can give you a 25% discount. And then, um, again, uh, we're still not there yet, but it, it's one more step towards uh, replacing... Not replacing ownership, but providing an alternative to that is affordable um, for people to, you know, enjoy motorcycles and maybe other power sports in the future. You know. Sure. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, like, again, where I live in Southern California, you know, a lot of people want to, they either want to rent a Mustang and go up Highway 1 up through, you know, up the coast. Or they they want to rent a, a Harley Bagger or BMW. They sometimes do it in RVs. But the brick and mortar RV and car rental places, but to, to be able to rent something that's unique is harder because it's not part of a traditional rental fleet. And so that's seems what Rideshare offers is, like you said, you've got popular bikes like Harley Baggers and BMW GSs, but I'm sure if somebody was like, hey, I'd love to, I mean, you could have somebody on a pretty unusual motorcycle that's like, well, I'm just going to rent it out, you know, and um, if somebody wanted to do it just to have a, a different experience, I mean, maybe a, a Ural with a sidecar or something like that. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you know, might not be able to rent one of those in most places, but maybe somebody here in in the Southern California has one, you can t- put your dog in there and go up the coast. <laughs> Absolutely. Those Urals are very popular when we have them. Those uh, three-wheelers are also surprisingly popular. Like the Can M, sure, the Spider, yeah, yeah. and uh, anything that's unusual is uh, usually tends to do well. Moto Gucci, you know, all of those cool brands. But uh, but yeah, but there's there's a lot of people that are that are just into our Japanese bikes, and they'll, if you know if we if you add up all the brands, the Japanese are definitely you know, the the largest segment uh, of our rentals, right. And uh, it's but uh, but each one individually is not right because there, there's there's just so many Yamaha, Kawasaki, Honda, like uh, the, the... right, yeah, right. but uh, they're pretty popular too, <laughs> right? So, um, like I said, I've, I've looked at some of the, the numbers I've got for uh, rider share, so you guys have grown quite a bit in the last couple of years 75% growth or more in the last couple of years, and you've got uh, fifth, more than 50,000 five star reviews, and you're ranked number one on Google for motorcycle rental searches. So those are all pretty in, impressive numbers to have, uh, you know, like I said, you only, your business is only five years old. It sounds like you've grown a lot. So what's kind of the next step? I, I know there's a, there's a, a, this crowdfunding opportunity that's, that you're rolling out. What is, tell us a little bit about that. Thanks. So, um, yeah, we, we grew fairly fast, but, uh, we were mostly focused on figuring out the insurance piece of the business and how to turn this into a sustainable, profitable business. And so if you, if you look at our offering, when we first started our, our, uh, our gross margins were negative. Then in 2021, they got positive, and in 2022, they were uh, they were solid, right? Not quite tech startup level, but good. And then uh, in 2023, we think we're we're, we're going to be in, in in good position to be, you know, uh, like a tech company type of mar- of, of of gross margin. And so now we need to focus on um, on growth. Uh, so 75 percent, 100 percent. That was mostly just uh, using organic tactics. Uh, like, like like you mentioned, um, getting us to rank number one on Google, and uh, so now we what's left for us is to build brand awareness in the motorcycle community. There are about eight million people that own motorcycles, and we need every single one of them to know that we exist. Because if that happens, then there's going to be hundreds of thousands of motorcycles that are available for rent, making the the supply you know much higher quality and the experience much better for people that are renting. And then, of course, if eight million people know that we exist, then hundreds of thousands are going to be renting those motorcycles, and and it creates this uh, fancy terms liquidity, right? Where right, right. you can find anything you want, and you can make money from anywhere you are, if you as long as you own a motorcycle. And so, so that's the that's what we're trying to do in the next uh, few years. And if we do it super well, we'd love to also do it with snowmobiles and ATVs and anything right. that's fun. <laughs> right, right. 
Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, th- what I was just thinking as you're talking about that is, you know, I've seen the Motorcycle Industry Council numbers for 2022 compared to 2021. And, you know, there was a pandemic surge in motorcycle sales and every, that was good in some ways. Um, but it's, it's kind of contracted again. So uh, most categories of motorcycle and ATV sales are down uh, from 21 to 22, uh, dual sport, which includes the adventure bikes, like the GS, those have been, that's the one bright spot. It's really popular, but I would think, you know, this may be a way in which the, there could be some growth in, in unit sales in the motorcycle industry is not everybody's going to start their own little home-based, you know, motorcycle <laughs> rental business, but it did, wouldn't take a lot of people to do it for them to buy motorcycles. They wouldn't have bought otherwise if they're doing it to rent it out because, I mean, a rental property, because I've had a, I've had my accountants be like, hey, you and your wife should, you know, buy a house and rent it out. And I'm like, well, that takes a lot of money I don't have. But renting out a motorcycle is is a much, the barrier to entry to that as a side gig, which is the popular term these days, or some side business or a way to add another motorcycle to the household and have a way to pay for it is, is a, you know, it seems like it's, it's within reach of most people, I would think. Thanks. I, I tend to agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so like you said, you've, you've got the fundamentals established, you know, uh, like you said, it's the, the, the risk management, the insurance. I mean, that, that would be the, I would think the first question most people would have if they were going to rent out their motorcycle to someone else, you've got the vetting process uh, sorted out to where people can have a sense of reassurance. If there is damage to their bike, um, uh, it will get repaired uh, back to the way, to the way it was, that that's something that's covered. And then it sounds like from the the renters side of things, you're saying that, you know, especially if they, whether they are a rider's pass subscriber or they rent multiple times or like longer period of time that the the per day rental is much more affordable than uh, your typical brick and mortar type rental uh, location. Is that that true? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so we're raising funds basically to you now to spend most of them on on brand awareness and and yeah, because then, yeah, like I said, it's just, the more people that use the the marketplace, the more value that it creates for people. Right. And so it's it's like the last thing left for us is, you know, we need to we're we're trying to end the year with ten thousand motorcycles. Because that that would be yeah, it's a lofty goal, but I think we can we can do it. So so how does this how does this crowdfunding um, arrangement work? I'm not really that familiar. There's there's a platform, and that it's somebody on an individual basis could participate in this. Yeah. Um. Everyone's new to it because it's uh it's a fairly new regulation that the government passed called Reg CF okay. that allows retail investors, so normal people, not just rich people, to invest into private companies through these registered platforms. Uh, we are using a platform named uh, Republic. Okay. And so people go on there. The the offering is on the Republic website, including uh, what we file with the SEC. And the way it works is you spend money and you get a convertible note, which is like a paper that says that if riders are is, is ever sold or goes public, um, I'm gonna get uh, a percentage of that company, right? So basically, you're basically like an like an owner of of uh, a part owner of RiderShare. Oh, great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we can uh, certainly include a link to that in the show notes uh, to that uh, listing on Republic if people want to learn more about it. So th- that's a cool, I, I didn't realize, it, I'd never heard of it before. So when I, I, I looked at the information uh, before this interview, I, I hadn't heard of that. So I, I've heard of crowdfunding, you know, people are all familiar with Kickstarter things, but that's 
That's a very yeah. different approach. They're not actually getting a stake in the company, even if it's at a very small level. It's really like you put in some money and then maybe you make it the product or whatever it is once they're done, you know, developing it. It's kind of an R and D thing more than it is a um, to 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 build up capital for for a business. So yeah, yeah. So this is equity crowdfunding. You're right. Most people yeah. think Kickstarter. This is something yeah. else, similar, but but it's actually more. You know, there's something in it for you. You're not donating right. money. Like right. uh, our goal is that in five years, instead of having you know the three to four thousand bikes, that we have 150,000. Because at that point it would be worth fifty times what we are worth today, right. and uh, and therefore return investors fifty times what they invest. We, um, I don't think it's a crazy goal, because uh, it's been done with RVs and with boats, right? And with cars, they're in the millions of cars, not just hundreds right. of thousands. So yeah, I mean it's uh, I mean it's kind of crazy, right? That people are sharing their motorcycles out there, but uh, like that after the first time you do it and. And the person comes back with your bike and it's fine and they're super friendly and they actually love your bike because that's why they rented it right because they, right. they love that model right, right. <laughs> so like, right. it's uh i i made uh, a couple of really good friends by renting on the platform and uh that are from austin texas too so like it, it's it's it ends up becoming like more than just uh a way to make money right it becomes a community and uh and we're riding those coattails so uh next week we're gonna launch uh, this week we're going to launch experiences. Um, so basically, we're going to allow our hosts to offer tours, classes, or whatever, anything they want when when the person rents the motorcycle. And eventually, kind of like Airbnb, will offer experiences, uh, motorcycle experiences as a standalone product. Right. But right now, it's something that you book with the rental, and uh, we'll see. We'll see where people take it. You know. Yeah, right. um, one concern is in the motorcycle industry is that uh, fewer people are getting licenses every year. Right. And uh, I think that if with uh, if we offer classes as a fun experience for people that don't ride, and we marketing we market them properly, you know, because right, right, they're not yeah the MSF classes they're not getting any kind of marketing, I mean that I know of, um, yeah. and so uh, I think a company like ours that has a track record of, you know convincing people to share their motorcycle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly do something that most people wouldn't think to do otherwise yeah 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 well, I mean, I think... I've, I've talked to a number of you know motorcycle people that are instructors at school or do different kinds of training and and apparently you know one of the things they struggle with from a marketing standpoint is just the word training it, it sounds too much like it's it's a chore it's not fun and so what they're often trying to do is is convince people that if you want to enjoy riding more, being a better rider is a good way to do that because you can be more confident. Um, it's not really about speed as much as it is about confidence in any given situation. And again, you and I were talking about the roads, you know, near where I live in Malibu. So there's some of the more challenging roads that you can ride very tight corners and decreasing radius and, you know, everything, all, you know, basically lots of surprises there. So if you're better if you've got more skills you're at the controls you can enjoy riding at whatever pace you're comfortable with you'll get more out of it there's less fear of uh, and things like that so i could see you know especially if somebody was to come visit southern california like hey i want to rent a motorcycle and then if somebody who was renting it out be like hey um you know for x number of dollars i can take you out and show you some of the best roads in this area and go to this cool lunch spot or something like that. So, you know, because that way they, they could go ride with some people that riding with locals is always the best way to do it. So I could see yeah. that being a cool, cool thing that could be an add on for some people that would like to meet new people and show them around and things like that. So, yeah. 
yeah, when people rent my bike, they they often don't know where to go. And I'm like, have you heard of Hill Country? Like, no, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, so it's, it's, it's like they're renting motorcycles and they don't even know how, how what, you know, the amazing roads that Austin, Texas has, right? Right. So like, what if they did know? Like, will they rent more? So that, that's kind of like the, the thinking. And the other part was like, well, I could get paid, you know, 150 bucks to go ride my favorite road and come back. Right. hell yeah <laughs> right right exactly exactly yeah well it's funny since we've been talking about this i've got a dual sport in my garage that doesn't get ridden that often and it's it's a 2017 so it's not brand new but um i also thought about like wow could i fit another bike in there that i could then rent out because i'm close enough to those malibu roads and other places i'm not right in la proper but just north of us is santa barbara and so being on the southern california coast i'm i've already got the the gears turning in the back of my mind so yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome well cool i appreciate you sharing um rider share with with our, our listeners i mean i was familiar with it because one of our editors had rented uh, a bike through your network uh it was a very positive experience we we had a, a story about it in the magazine uh we'll make sure and have a link to the rider share website and i invite you know people to go check it out see what kind of bikes are available in your area and um you know do with a little bit of tire kicking and see if there's something that a bike you've always been curious about, you might be able to rent in your area, or if you've got a motorcycle vacation plan or a vacation plan, and you might want to just rent a bike for a day or two while you're there, you know, uh, go see if there's something in that destination where you can find a cool bike um, and just add a different activity to a vacation. So, uh, but also we'll have a link to the um, uh, to the the listing on Republic uh, again. What am I? What, what? How do? What do you call it? You said equity crowdfunding, but what is? You said it's there's a na name for it. Rex. Oh. I don't know what that stands for. Regulation CF. Okay, Regulation CF. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. know what the CNF stands. I think the CF stands for crowdfunding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a link yeah. to that as well. So people can, can check that out. So um, again, I appreciate your time and, and again, congratulations on, you know, you built what is a really cool business. I mean, for, I've always, it was just talking to somebody in a previous episode uh, that uh, is a photographer who rode motorcycles on the weekends and uh, taught himself photography and, uh, he's Killboy. He built this thriving business. At the, he takes photos at Tail of the Dragon. So anybody who is a motorcyclist like you are that builds a, a thriving business is great. It, it keeps you connected to the community and the industry, uh, but you're also providing a, a service that's of of real value to the renters and the the, pe the people who are renting bikes out and people who are renting them uh, as well. So, yeah. Thanks. I haven't really been able to do nearly as much writing as I was hoping to, uh, <laughs> nor my my co-founder Brandon, same complaint. You know, we're always working in front of a screen instead of being out riding, so it didn't pan out the way we wanted. Yeah, but uh, you know, it takes time. Okay. It takes a lot of time. <laughs> well, I I've got a trip in the works to go. I've got a, a couple of friends in Austin. My wife and I are going to come out there at some point, so I'll have to look you up and see what see if I can rent a bike and uh, go check out the hill country. So. I really appreciate your time. And like I said, uh, folks, check out uh, Rider. It's, so it's riders-share.com. Is that correct? There's a hyphen in the in the website? Correct. Okay. It was an, an affordable domain back when I started. <laughs> Understood. Understood. So, well, um, Guillermo, thanks for your time. Check out rider, riders-share.com. Uh, go check out some motorcycle rentals and we'll uh, check out the show notes for some other links. For the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast, I'm Greg Drevenstead. Thanks for listening and keep the rubber side down. If you've enjoyed listening to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast, please subscribe, leave us a positive rating, and tell your friends. We also encourage you to visit writermagazine.com, 
where you can get the latest in motorcycle news and reviews and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to print and digital editions of Rider Magazine, which is published 12 times a year. Thanks again for listening.